Welcome to Uncharted Careers. I'm Courtney Hartman, and I talk with guests each week about their career paths to give listeners an insider look into different industries, how folks have made decisions in their careers, and we'll explore what each guest has learned along the way. I'm on a mission to share knowledge that is only learned in the field outside of a classroom. Join me to find inspiration for your own career. Today, I have one of my oldest friends, Amanda Gropak, joining me. She and I went to Sleepaway Summer Camp together and have been friends for over 20 years. She's lived all over the world and had a really interesting life working as a physical therapist. So I'm super excited to talk to her today about her career journey. Amanda, that's not really something that we have had a lot of time to talk about, I feel like. Yeah, I would agree. I loved your intro about me, though. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Well, let's start off just by you telling me a little bit more about what your job is today and what the day-to-day looks like. So I'm a physical therapist. Um, I specialize in neuro. And right now I work in an inpatient rehab setting. So I work with people mainly with spinal cord and brain injuries. So you'd imagine if something horrible like that happened to you, you'd get stable in a hospital And then you would go to a rehab center to learn how to move again and to live Mm -hmm. in our world again. So I'm the physical aspect of that. Although I have a team with um, doctors, nurses, occupational and speech therapy, and we all work together to make it really holistic. But um, in the day to day, I'm really like teaching people how to move their bodies again, Um, Mm -hmm. whether it be working on walking or using a wheelchair, getting in and out of bed working on strength, range of motion, treating pain. Um, Yeah, the day-to-day is pretty exciting. Right now, I only work with people after brain injuries. And it's pretty, I mean, first of all, you're you're a part of like this significant change that happens. I'll have people come in, they're not talking, eating, moving at all, and they leave walking and, you know, giving their loved ones a hug and, um, eating too, hopefully, although that's not my realm. Um, yeah, so it's really exciting. The brain is a wild thing. I think you and I both have always been interested in like the brain and, and deep thinking. And it's it's cool to see like what you can see, oh, this part of your brain is affected. And then that's the impairment that you might see the person present with. So I've learned a lot about neuroscience in the, in the, the meantime also, which has been really interesting. Yeah. How long are you typically working with each patient? Um, It sort of depends. I work in like a really great rehab facility. So we have a lot more time with people than you normally would in a regular rehab. So uh, normally I'm working with people for anywhere from three weeks to like three months or sometimes even longer. Okay. Um, But I would say the regular rehab facility is a lot shorter because of insurance limitations and those kinds of things. Yeah, that's fair. And are you part of a team that's working through the plan of care for each patient or are you setting that for the time that they're working with you? How does that work? Yeah, we. I'm on a team. Um, it's really an, a collaborative environment, which I love a lot. So I do the physical piece. There's an occupational therapist who does what we call activities of daily living. So like getting dressed, brushing your teeth, going back to work, those kinds of things. And a speech therapist said as well, that works on eating um, your speech and cognition and then doctors and nurses and 
um, neuropsychologist, family therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very collaborative. Like we get to meet once a week and talk about all the patients and everybody um, shares what they've um, experienced with the patient that week. So that, you know, if I, like the family therapist might say, hey, this person's really struggling with um, their walking and that it's not going well. Do you think you could like encourage them in this way? Um, so it's, yeah, it's a really collaborative environment. Yeah. So I understand that you're currently just focused on patients after brain injuries. Did you have other specialties or focuses before this current role? Yeah. I uh, initially really mostly worked with people after spinal cord injuries. So um, they're similar in some ways, but after a spinal cord injury, oftentimes your cognition is intact, but your body is impaired. Um, and then brain injury is, can be any of those things where you might have physical impairments or you might just have cognitive impairments, but everybody has some level of cognitive impairment. So, um, that it's interesting. I think as I've changed and in my life, I'm, I've been drawn to different things in my work. Um, but I will say too, uh, I prioritize travel a lot in the beginning of my career. So, that's almost, that was almost my focus then. Even though I was interested in the clinical side, I was really liking to pursue opportunities that allowed me to work um, in different parts of the country and abroad too. Yeah. Is that common for physical therapists in general, or is that more common with the type of work that you're doing in physical therapy? I would say it's not common for my specialty. Um, Yeah. It's, it's often hard to get those kinds of jobs and they're just less um, available than let's say an outpatient orthopedic clinic, you know, that you can have a lot of those and high volume of patients. Um, but yeah, I think travel therapy in general, there's a small, a small portion of PTs who do that, but um, definitely people who take advantage. I mean, you can go all over the country pretty easily and work. Um, going abroad is a lot harder because our just every country has you know different schooling and everything. So it took me like if somebody wanted to look at the practical side of me working abroad, it made no sense. But it was really fun and totally worth it. So I'm glad I did it. Yeah, what was that process? Because you were practicing PT in Australia. I know. Were there any other countries that you were practicing PT in? Um, I ended up actually just working in New Zealand. Sorry, um, New Zealand. But there, you know, they ha- actually have the same licensing process. Um, what do you mean, like the process to get licensed or working over there? Getting licensed and then getting a job. Yeah. Getting licensed was, it took me so long and it was a lot of paperwork and very detail oriented, which is not my strong suit. (laughs) Were they looking for special skills in PT or was it just a lot of red tape, bureaucratic kind of stuff? Yep. The latter. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, their, uh, their degree is just different than ours. So you have to meet their standard. Um, I actually Mm -hmm. got denied my first time that I applied for the license, but my friend and I were already there and living in a van. And so we were like, ah, I guess we'll just do this for a while longer. <laughs> I kind of think it was a gift from the universe because we ended up spending like almost half that year traveling when, the, because that happened. So right. it worked out. Yeah. Um, and then, but once I had my license, there's a ton of work there. 
um, you know, it's a smaller country. So to fill the need for some of those roles, it's, it can be a little bit easier to get a job because um, there is a need. How do you find out about the resources available in different countries for physical therapists that want to travel there? Or how do you even figure out and navigate that process? Are there resources within the physical therapy world that can help guide you? Or was it a lot of research that you had to do on your own? Yeah, I, you know, there is, there was not a lot out there when I was looking, although I think it's become more popular. And I there's like, people ha- will have podcasts or Instagram accounts where they mm-hmm. can give advice. I, there's more of that now than there was when I went. Honestly, I had been in Peru and met some woman who practiced in Australia and New Zealand and said how fun it was. And that was like the information that I went off of. <laughs> um, but it was, it was kind of daunting to figure out. I just had to do a lot of research and, um, you know, trial and error, like, submitted and got denied and had to try again. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not that common to go abroad because it is so tough to do it. I think a lot of people probably would take more advantage if it was more straightforward. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. Yeah. What do you really enjoy about physical therapy? What kind of drew you to this field of practice in general? Um. It's interesting, like when I got into it, you know, I had been, you know, this about me from summer camp, I had always been an athlete and really identified my strengths and athletics and sports. And um, so I think that drew me to it initially, because I just wanted to be moving not behind a desk. And I was interested in healthcare and helping people. But then I found the neuro rehab world, um, spinal cord injury at first, and just really um, connected to the feeling of like you get to spend an extended period of time with people in this traumatic part of their life, but you can be, you know, I got to help people physically, but I was really there for them as a whole person for them and their families. And, um, just really like being able to show, show people that they can still live life and still enjoy the things that they love to do, even though it might look different. Um, that just, made me feel really good. And I think I was drawn to that and um, just took off from there. Yeah, it does seem so rewarding. I remember when I was visiting you in Denver and we went to a Red Rock show and one of your patients who was in a wheelchair was there and it seemed like a pretty new activity to him and just seeing you interact with him and how much you had helped him to get to that point where he could enjoy his passions in life, go to go to concerts, have a higher quality of life after this spinal injury. It was, I mean, I could tell from you just how rewarding this line of work could be. Yeah, it's great. And you get to, you just get to know people. I mean, I'm always drawn to vulnerability in people. I think that's often when the kind of people I connect with who can be vulnerable and Although, you know, you want them to have a choice, but it is just a vulnerable situation. And so um, I, I feel really comfortable in that space. And I'm always mm-hmm. thankful that people, um, op- when they do open up, that um, I can be there. Um, I will say, too, it's, it's hard. Like something I've been struggling with recently is finding boundaries where you can be there and be emotionally present for people, yeah. but also like still go to the day to day. Um, cause there are a lot of success stories, but then there's also some things that are just really hard and sometimes people don't get better. And, 
there's that side of it as well. Yeah. How do you separate your emotions from these outcomes that you don't necessarily have full control over that aren't always positive? That's a great question that I am working on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is the first time. So because I prioritize travel, I had worked a lot of short term um, assignments where you get to you're like there for people, but maybe not every day or, or for their entire stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that inherently just helped me manage it because I, I would be able to shift off and come back and um, sort of reset. But now I'm working with the same people every day for like long periods of time. And so it's interesting, like I'm almost, I've been a PT for almost eight years in this area. And it's the first time that I'm really needing to find strategies to manage that piece of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Still working on it, looking for a therapist, (laughs) a lot of exercise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that your least favorite part, would you say, or the most challenging part, being able to separate and have boundaries from your personal to professional work? Yeah, I would say that's probably the most challenging part. My least favorite part is our healthcare system and all the paperwork. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I would say that's probably the most challenging. Um, and it, I mean, it's just challenging to me in a lot of ways. Like I have to be a lot more organized and, and um, efficient than I am in my day-to-day life. So um, recently I've kind of realized that I've gotten better at those things because I have had to, so I'm not working all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been really cool to see. Yeah. That's good. You know that I'm not efficient. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses yeah. as long as you're self-aware. Yeah. You can work within them. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious, as you look back at your career and what you've done, when do you feel the most successful? Or if you're looking at the end of the week, what contributes to you feeling like it was a successful week for you? That's a good question. I think big picture, um, two things that stand out are one, working abroad. Um, it was just such an, the whole trip was an amazing experience, but it was, I mean, I'm passionate about PT. Like it felt really cool to practice in another country and not only experience living there, but practice my craft there and be part of a community in my, it's like I was living my typical life in another country. So um, uh, where, you know, otherwise we were just traveling around in a van. So I loved both experiences, but it was really nice to feel like I was part of the community there and um, working in the hospital. Um, And then I did, a residency program. That's how I ended up in Atlanta. Um, but I did a residency program to, to specialize in, uh, the neuro realm of PT. So I, it was 13 months of intensive study. I was working full time, but also, um, a lot of like extra teaching and research and reading articles and projects and, um, it was pretty challenging and I did it at five years after working. So it was yeah. really hard to get back to studying, but I just had like a totally different level of confidence after that, which has made, 
I'm, and I was just really proud of myself for that. Yeah. And it's made my day to day a lot better also because I have that confidence in everything I'm doing. Not everything, but yeah. more things. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the week, I think probably just the small wins that you see patients have, um, getting to, you know, once a week I have to write a note that says that what people have improved in, and that's a good time to reflect because the, in the day to day, it might not seem like big wins, but, you know, even being able to like go from sitting back to leaning forward to pick something up that doesn't seem like a big deal, but that could be life-changing for somebody. So um, reflecting on those things. And then, I don't know, there's, there's been, there's often moments where I get somebody standing or walking for the first time and watching their loved one experience that or helping Mm -hmm. someone stand to give their loved one a hug or some sugar as a lot of my Southern patients say. So yeah, those, those moments are really special. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you celebrate those moments with the patients also? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, the honestly, a lot of my patients are really confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but if either with them, if they can, or with the families, um, mm-hmm. definitely try to. And, tr- and definitely just try to focus on that stuff. I think that's another way to manage those boundaries that I was talking about. We had yeah. a family member re- like recently, she baked us a cake and wrote us in just like a beautiful note. And, um, you know, we just hung that up in our office to be like, this is why we do this. And it can always be a reminder. Yeah. You need those heartening celebrations, I think, mm-hmm. to move past the harder times. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it, there's definitely hard things, but overall the day to day, it's pretty fun mm-hmm. um, and creative and yeah. So it's, it's good. Got to celebrate the wins. Yeah, for sure. I'm wondering since you have experience doing PT abroad in New Zealand and also here, how the American healthcare system varies or is different from your experience with healthcare systems abroad. I'm wondering if there are times where you're not able to provide the same level of care or the same type of care that you would want to provide in another country that uh, does have a different sort of healthcare system. What is it like navigating that? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's definitely hard. And again, I'm really lucky. I work at a unique rehab center where we have more time with people than you typically would in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just hard. We, I, we go to school to develop our clinical reasoning to figure out how, you know, how much time someone might need in rehab to get back to mm-hmm. a, a life that's functional for them and their families. But then that decision's not really up to us. It's up to the insurance company. So mm-hmm even though we might, you know, can you imagine like having a stroke and your body doesn't move the way it did or a spinal cord injury and you're paralyzed from the neck down and insurance says, okay, you can have three to four weeks and then you have to go home. It's just not, it would be great if the changes could happen that fast. And sometimes they do, but, um, it's definitely frustrating. And like, 
there's all kinds of equipment that's amazing that could give people access to their environment and their hobbies and interests. And Mm -hmm. a lot of those things aren't covered by insurance. So a lot of people just can't afford them. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely a frustrating thing for me. And it was really eye-opening working in New Zealand because um, they have, you know, their healthcare system is sort of a combination of public and private, but everybody Mm -hmm. has access to healthcare. And, you know, it's not perfect, but if somebody needed something, I always felt like I could get it for them. Or if they needed more time, I felt like I could get that for them. And it felt much more like I was practicing to get the people what they needed rather than to appease the insurance companies. Um, So that's hard. I think I wish I could take the insurance company and bring them in and say, this is like the foundation for the rest of their life. If we spend the time now, that's going to save you money and these people, all these health problems in the long run, but it's just not the way our system works right now. Yeah. It's a really difficult system to work with then. Yeah. Hope it changes someday. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, as you think about your future, how do you make plans about your career? Do you have certain goals or milestones that you're looking to achieve in the future? Or how do you think about that? I'm at such a weird place now because I had goals that I accomplished. And I have this feeling of now what? Um because I wanted to travel and go abroad and I did that and I wanted to do this residency um, and I work at this great rehab facility. I think I have a short, more short-term goals like doing more teaching, taking students, but I'm not really sure what I want big picture. I mean, my ultimate dream would be to work more in the realm of like global access to wheelchairs and outdoor sports or things like that. Like that's where my passion shines the most. Um, and, but like, I don't know how that would look practically. So right now I just do it for fun on the side and then maybe it might, uh, develop into something one day. Yeah. I mean, the more that you're having the conversations and the more you're getting exposure, I think the more opportunities open up. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a really great organization in Atlanta. There's all kinds of these organizations all over, but um, we do a lot of like adaptive sports. So adaptive Mm -hmm. rock climbing, mountain biking, and that's what like really feels so good is because those are a lot of my hobbies. And so um, helping somebody to see that they can still do that stuff or do that for the first time and, and how good that feels for them. um, Yeah. It would be great one day. We'll we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll figure something out. (laughs) That sounds good. I'm here. (laughs) Well, as you reflect back on your career and what you've accomplished already, is there something that you wish you knew earlier in your career that you've learned along the way? Hmm. Yes. I think – and it's unfortunate because – I, I love the work that I do so much, um, but there's just like an income cap. And so, yeah. and it's all, all the people in my field basically care about people and m- helping them to get better and they're internally motivated and will do all kinds of things to be better at what they do because that feels good. But sort of the only way to make more money or 
or progress after you've, you know, aside from the clinical pieces, like going into management um, or sales. And those aren't really areas that I ever wanted to go into. So um, I think it's just hard because I am accomplishing goals, but realizing that it doesn't change all that much um, in like compensation and what the role looks like. So, and you know, it's not all about that. Like right now, the, it feels like the right fit for me, but I, I wish that there were more, I wish I knew that I would hit this point and I wish that there were more options for the next step and for growth. Um, and then the way that the system is right now. Yeah. And to become a physical therapist, what's required? A four-year degree from college? Do you need any other specializations before you start working with patients? Um, I guess that's another thing that I wish I knew, just how expensive school was and then what yeah. you make after um, what you spend. So it's you need a bachelor's degree. So it's either in three or four years, you get a bachelor's and then now it's a doctorate for the last 10 years or so it's been a doctorate. So I went to school for seven years. Yeah. Wow. Which is so long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is a long time. time. That's the hard part. It's like everybody's working hard but the compensation isn't really there. And then the compensation and everybody has loans. So the comparison of those two things, um, you know that you're amongst just good humans because they're doing it mostly because they really love it. Yeah. And really want to help people. Yeah. Well, for somebody who may be looking into a career in physical therapy what sort of advice would you have for them? Are there ways to get more exposure to understanding if this might be a good fit for them long-term or what helped you to kind of confirm along the way that this was a great field for you to be in? Um, I, I will say like personally, it just always made sense. Like I, even though I've complained about certain aspects of it, I really can't imagine doing anything else. I would say, you know, when you apply to PT school, you have to do a certain number of hours of observation. When I applied, I think it was 100. So you really should be getting exposure to what the day-to-day looks like and and use that to help you decide if it's the right fit for you. And hopefully use that not, you know, a little in a bunch of different settings. So not just the outpatient orthopedic clinic, but also looking at hospitals and maybe pediatrics, whatever your interests are. Um, yeah. and then if you can, you know, apply for scholarships or look for in-state tuition, that'll be more affordable. I think it's worth it just to not spend, but then there's also, um, they have, uh, this program right now. I hope that it stays, but if you work for a nonprofit for 10 years, you can get your loans, um, reimbursed. So that's a really good option. Like if you wanted to work in hospitals anyway, um, you Mm -hmm. like should look for nonprofit work and get that started early. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. I hope it stays. I've had, it's a federal program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've had a few friends recently who have gotten their loans cleared and it's just, it's awesome. Cause it's like you have a, it's just a freedom 
I think that, yeah, pretty exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Amanda. This was a really awesome conversation. I feel like I learned so much about what you've been doing over the past, what, 14, 15 years um, on the professional side. Yeah. Um, So it's really cool to learn about from my end. Nice. Thanks for having me. I know, I guess we never talk about the nitty gritty of our day to day, but it feels good to be able to share that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Go to unchartedcareers.com if you're interested in one-on-one career coaching or are looking to learn more about uncharted careers and my coaching approach. Thanks for listening.